Today on Podcast Them Down, we find out how insane my music archival ritual is. Podcast Them Down! Welcome to Podcast Them Down. I'm Tim Regan from U.S. power metal band Burning Shadows, Fade to Black Metallica Tribute, Dual Violin Folk Metal Band Eisenmore, and Recently Vacated Graves True Zombie Metal. Be sure to subscribe, like, or follow. And now, on with the show. So, I am joined by Mike from RVG, TZM, and Eisenmore. And I am once again on location <laughs> uh, in the... Uh, oh, Dave had some, had some good, um, good uh, code words to call where I am. But, and then oh, he just uh... said... New York. So we, we all know I'm in New York now. So I'm on location in New York. And I've got, uh, this is what I would look like with hair right here. <laughs> just, just one band of hair. Yeah. That's yeah. Like Charlie Brown grown up basically. Uh, and if, if you're in audio form only, I'm wearing headphones. And my joke <laughs> is that the band on top of my headphones looks like my hair. Also, if you're listening, I am holding a microphone type device mm-hmm. <laughs> because a zoom. Uh, I forgot to uh, I forgot to uh, bring my little tripod. You know, it didn't it didn't. I should have put it in my bag for when I went on location. <laughs> I actually have I have one that I'm not using anymore, and it's like one of those bendy ones that would probably be perfect for something like that. Yeah, wasn't just to it? Put in your bag. Yeah, just. <laughs> Drive it up here. <laughs> yeah. All right. right, Will do. Next time I see you, I'll just hand it off if I can find it again. I Perfect. saw it recently. Yeah. So, so uh, I got a couple new CDs recently. And the amount of steps I go through to get everything where I need it to be and uh, for what I want it to do. I realized might be a little insane. So I wanted to go through the whole thing okay, and uh, uh, tell you why you, I can, being, I can appreciate a, a well thought out process. Yeah. So you I'm, being I'm, Mike and you being everyone listening. Um, so let's address the elephant in the room. I still buy CDs. I know I'm in the minority. The fuck man. <laughs> the fuck is wrong with you? Uh, I like CDs. Yeah. You know, I, I like, Owning something, uh, I, and so, and I the previous episode we recorded on location. Who knows what order these are going to air in or when they're going <laughs> to air? But the previous one, I went off about Spotify, and I don't like Spotify. And I always chuckled myself when people complain that something has been taken off Spotify. It's like I. Ah, I don't have that problem. So I'm I'm not particularly fond of Spotify either. Yeah, and for similar reasons, just being beholden to. I mean, for one, I like to like curate my music, uh, where I ha- I have like a collection of sorts. Now that being said, when I hit random on it, I do find myself frequently going like, "Oh, why do I still have this band?" Um, Fair, but I'm <laughs> I I might have something towards a solution for that okay uh but the other thing is i i will occasionally buy cds as well and i usually lose them i <laughs> like like i rip them and then they're gone i have no idea where any of them are yeah so so basically i i like how far uh uh we've come in terms of convenience and stuff like that. So I want to be able to uh, enjoy a Spotify-like experience without Spotify being involved. And if you're listening to podcast them down on Spotify, thank you. That is a good way to listen to it. It's a good use of Spotify. So podcasts, especially podcast them down, are very encouraged uh, by me (laughs) on on Spotify. Not so much music. Um. I could I could explain, but I feel like I've already explained. So just go listen to past episodes, <laughs> or future episodes, or depending. future episodes, or this yeah. episode. Maybe I'll come back to it. <laughs> but so basically, 
I still buy CDs. I like having the CD. I like having the booklet. I like having the artwork. You know, it's it's a sense of accomplishment. However, you can't stream a CD. You know, if 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 you want to just listen to whatever, you have to go and get it and put it in the CD player and all that. And I do that when I'm at my stereo. So I still have a stereo. Uh, apparently, that's a declining thing, too. But I have a home hi-fi stereo. And then, um, but for every day on the go listening right here's what i do i rip the cd to flack mm-hmm. i use a program called music b which is uh like winamp but I've it's used been modernized music. yeah I've, I've used it it's it's disappointing how nothing quite scratches the winamp itch right it's it's pretty close i think it's pretty close and it's highly customizable mm-hmm. so uh, so now I have the album as a series of flack files and right off the bat, I bet, uh, there are other purists who think that is not a good way to do it. I should be ripping it to a flack with a Q. So a flack with a Q is a flack file of the entire CD with a file that basically says where all the songs start and end. That sounds like nonsense. Yes, but that is the thing you can do. I don't do it. I do it uh, file to file, probably just because I started it that way. What is what would the advantage be? What would the advantage be for doing flack with a cue? Just that it's a it's a very accurate picture yeah. of the whole disc. I believe you could recreate the disc bit for bit that way. I mean, how important is that? Like, it depends it- how anal you want to be. But you, like you would have, for example, all the pre-rolls, and if there's audio in those pre-rolls, which is negative time before zero in a on a CD track, that is lost if you just record it to if if each track is its own file. Would it hypothetically be easier to do gapless playback with Flack with the Q? Uh maybe, but I think it would also be. Uh, it would be harder to listen to a specific song on a CD because it has to seek into the file. I think I'm not entirely sure. See, I, uh, I mean, so 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 I'm sorry. Let me turn on my nerd hat. It shouldn't be too too bad. I mean, so long as the the file format supports streaming, right? You should be able to just seek through exact. Like if the queue tells you the offset in the file. You just go to it. It should be okay. It should be. Uh, so what it's a few is, reads. <laughs> so uh, it might help to explain what FLAC is. FLAC, I forget what F is, but it's a lossless audio codec. Um, so basically it perfectly recreates the waveform, unlike MP3, which is a lossy codec. Uh, most people can't hear the difference. I'm not claiming that I can hear the difference, but I, it is a fact that you are losing information if you do an MP3 or any lossy audio format. So, and, and you know, if you're just listening on your phone or whatever, it, it, it's not going to matter. But if you're listening on a nice stereo, maybe it does matter. And you can train yourself to be able to tell the difference. I don't recommend this. <laughs> It, it should also be noted that you can do like wave format, which is just so. So FLAC has some degree of compression. Data wave, compression. Data compression. Yeah. It, wave is just raw, so the resulting files are significantly larger. Though FLAC files are significantly larger than MP3s. Yeah, so it's it's a nice uh, so, so FLAC. You get the perfect audio waveform at a reasonable size. Okay. So now I have a bunch of flax. That's great. Um, I add them to my flack library in music B and from there I can add them to my MP3 player or digital music player. <laughs> so yeah, not only do I still buy CDs like it's 1994, but I also still have an MP3 player like it's 2005. 
<laughs> and uh, this one in particular is a Sony Walkman, like it's 1985. You know, so I my method has already transcended decades <laughs> with with uh, you know um, with a single purpose devices and everything. Um, so now I can have flackening time, but it, I I can't stop there. So when I have ripped the flack, you have to tag it right. Mm-hmm. So you got to put in all the song titles and music B does a lot of this automatically or as much of it as it can automatically. Um, but sometimes you have to go seek out the album art and embed those Ooh. in the file. So now you have all the artwork in your file too. So can I, can I derail you for a second? Sure. Do you know how Music B obtains this? It looks it up on uh, Music Brains and I think okay. and several other services. And now I've tried M- Music Brains Picard and I don't like it and I don't remember why I don't like it. If I, that's I, where so we're I, going. I actually do use Music Brains. I use Music Brains and I use Picard. Um, and that we could save that for for maybe later in the in the in the podcast. But okay, I, I was just curious. So, 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 so for those who don't know, Music Brains is like a, it's like a album tagging repository, uh, and it's supposed to be somewhat authoritative. So, so, but, but that being said, it's community source, so you occasionally get errors. Right. Um, so, I think the problem with it is they, they do not have the correct heavy metal oversight. Hmm. So they are going to mislabel genres, which is the next thing. So I oh. I have to go in and put in my uh, the genre what I just ripped really is. Not what what cuz if you just leave it at if you leave it up to the crowdsource stuff, everything's going to be metal or rock or heavy metal. No, no, this is black and folk metal. <laughs> this is this is European power metal, you know, so I have all my genres together okay. as well. Okay. So you've so already now, gone past me. Right. So now we've got, uh, we've got a file for each song. We've got embedded artwork at the biggest resolution I can find, preferably 1500 by 1500. This, this becomes important later. We've got the genre, right? We have to get the capitalization right in the song titles and the album titles because that, I don't know why, that drives me fucking nuts when the capitalization is wrong. So if needed, and usually, usually uh, the automatic tagging that I start with is very good about capitalization, but every so often they get it wrong. So yep. what you want to do is go to songcase.com and put in the song title and it will tell you most likely what the capitalization is. They are not a sponsor, but I use them quite a lot. I had no oh, idea that this existed. Mikey gets worse. It gets All worse. Right. Cause next you have to put in lyrics. You can, oh. you can embed Ooh. lyrics in the tag and you actually do it. huh? And I do it. And it is, uh, so in, Music B, you can, like, if you want to leave it overnight, you can just select your entire library, hit update missing lyrics, and let it do its thing. But the problem is uh, it it has a hard time identifying, like, matching up songs. So often you'll get, you'll get the wrong song by the right band because it's not 100% perfect. So what I like to do is go straight to the source, either Bandcamp, as I said before, the best way to support bands. If the band has uploaded the lyrics, I grab them straight from there. Otherwise, I go to Metal Archives, get them there. If they're not in those two places, it's unlikely you'll find them anywhere else. Uh, You're going to type them. If I have to. So I I don't know if it's come to that before. That's impressive. Uh, you know, I've seen that tag, but I've never like the idea is intriguing, right? You could potentially use the tag for like karaoke sorts of things. 
So I'm glad you bring this up. This is a perfect segue. So if you want to do karaoke, you need .lyr files, I think. Okay. To be accompanied with your lyrics. So there's, there's, there is a tag in Flack and MP3 for lyrics, but there's, you can also do synchronized lyrics, which have little time codes. Okay. So it knows when to bring up the lyrics. So, um, those are very hard to find. I was going to say, you must, especially for metal. So I don't, I don't mess with that. However, remember the Walkman I brought up? Yes. So when you go to sync it to the Walkman, this thing actually can, ooh, if I can hit the right button, can display lyrics. Those karaoke-style synchronized lyrics is the only type of lyrics that the Walkman can handle, right? Uh. So it can't, for whatever reason, it can't deal with the lyric tag. So if you want lyrics displayed on your Walkman, you have to generate the karaoke-style synchronized lyrics. So I wrote a Python script that does just that. <laughs> so here's what, here's what you do. Uh, after you've synced it, the, um, all the files exist on the Walkman. Then what you do... And, and the, the lyrics are in the tag. So then my script that I wrote goes in, opens each file. Well, first it checks if the lyrics lyric file already exists. If it doesn't, it opens the file, extracts the lyrics from the tag, and makes the synchronized lyrics file. But instead of synchronizing, it just says all, all of the lyrics start at zero, zero, zero. Which is fine. Right. So then, so then you just have all the lyrics. So, um, so now I've gotten around that. So now I have lyrics on my MP3 player. Question. Do you have to run the Python script manually? Yes. So it is a separate step. You plebeian. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I never claimed I was good. Sorry. That was a little strong. (laughs) (laughs) This, this is like, like I said, this is my insane multi-step, uh, ritual that worked for me. So, all right, so now the lyrics are on. Then I was noticing the artwork isn't always showing up, and I made sure to embed that artwork, didn't I? You have to use a different tag? Uh, close. Apparently, the Walkman, for whatever reason, doesn't like huge files. Remember when I said I'm looking for 1,500 by 1,500? Well, luckily, someone at uh, Music B apparently had the same problem, and there is an option to reduce the size of the embedded artwork. And so you have to make sure to tick that box for anyone who's, who's using Music B to put their flat collection on their Walkman. I'm, I might be the only one in the country or the planet even <laughs> doing such a thing, but uh, there is a box to tick. All right, so now we're pretty much set up with the Walkman, I believe. Uh, let, let me just make sure. Oh, uh, there is also an option to uh, change the level of compression on the FLAC file. So this is the level of data compression because there are a lot of methods it can do. The um, For a while, I was doing everything at medium compression, but you can make the file smaller if you turn up the, the, the data compression. Which, again, it perfectly recreates the audio. It just makes it a smaller file, and it takes longer. That's that's the only reason you'd want to use less compression. So I figure... It doesn't, I figure it doesn't have a... Syncing, uh, yeah, if I'm syncing, I'll, I'll crank it up. So I also make sure that it's always at the maximum compression so I can fit the most files onto my Walkman. Does it have a performance impact on playback? Uh, I have not noticed any, I, I believe, I, I believe the philosophy, philosophy behind flack is to make it, uh, make it very intensive in the encoding phase and very easy on the decoding phase. Okay. That makes sense. Yep. All right. So we're done with the Walkman. 
we're done. We can move on finally because uh, now it's time to add it to the MP3 library. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But we've already done all the hard work. So music B easily convert to MP3. Then you switch libraries to the MP3 library and dump it in there. Now the, my MP3 library has much more crap in it. Okay. So the, the flax stage is only for the best of the best. And the last thing I actually put in there is the Duskmorn fallen Kings and rusted crowns album. So that's the newest thing that's in there. Plug so, for, for both Duskmorn and the podcast them down episode where we interview them about. That's it. right. Yeah. So <laughs> link somewhere. I don't know how you do this. Uh, just, <laughs> uh, just scroll up. And if it's not there, scroll down. <laughs> okay. So now it's in the MP3 library, whatever. That's, that's just for convenience. Um, and also keep, keep the flack library tidy. Because okay. if, if I'm not going to listen to it, I don't need it. I don't keep it in the FLAC library. It will stay in the MP3 li- library because, you know, who cares? That's, you know, that's your McDonald's. You know, your steakhouse is the FLAC library. Yeah, the, the uh, Ruth's Chris mm-hmm. over and, here. And maybe if I'm going to put them on my phone or something, you know, they're going to come out of the MP3 library. Because if I'm, again, if I'm listening on the phone, it doesn't matter. But if I'm listening on a FLAC player, it does matter. <laughs> so, Fair enough. And maybe if I'm plugging the FLAC player into my stereo, it matters. All right. So now, uh, now Plex comes into the equation. <laughs> Very nice. So uh, I, I had a former bandmate introduced me to Plex when we were at a, we were out of town and we were at a hotel and we had some time to kill. And he goes, you want to watch Beavis and Butthead? I go, what, what do you mean? It's not on, it's not on Netflix or anything. Is it? He's like, no, it's on Plex. I'm like, what's that? You host your own Netflix. This is what he says to me. And I'm like, what? No way. So he put on Beavis and Butthead. And we and when I got home from uh, that tour or whatever it was, those shows, the first thing I did was install Plex because yeah. I have a litany of DVDs and this entire music collection. <laughs> the this digital, so um, so Plex will host. It's you host your own Netflix and your own Spotify. So mm-hmm. it, it is a good Spotify replacement, but you need to provide all the content. I will. Could I be slightly pedantic? Sure. You do host it yourself, but there is some uh, dovetailing with Plex's own services. So to enable some of the services that Plex offers, you need to actually pay. And they offer monthly I think they offer monthly, yearly, and then like a lifetime subscription. The lifetime subscription is expensive, but if you're going to use it, it probably pays off pretty quickly. So I, for the first year or so, I did the yearly, and then uh, the lifetime went on sale, and I got the lifetime. The yeah. But you can still... Um, you don't need the lifetime to set... Or, or any subscription to set this up. It just gives you more features and uh, Mm -hmm. I think it's an amazing service. So that's why I paid for the lifetime. So, so now uh, I have a whole copy of my MP3 library on my Plex server in an MP3 uh, library on Plex. And then I did the same for the flack. So it will uh, transcode all this stuff. Okay. You know, so it'll stream all your flat and it'll stream all your MP3 to whatever, whatever devices you want. And then since I have the lifetime pass, I've been using Plex amp, which, uh, sets up radio stations. So-called radio stations. They're, they're just 
they're just smart playlists. Sets up smart playlists. Um, right. They got some great um, transitions. They have some kind of beat detection and key detection that they line up the songs perfectly. It's very satisfying. So <laughs> that's yeah. pretty cool. So uh, I believe that might be everything. Um, so yeah, from a CD, it gets a lot of work up front, getting it all tagged and categorized correctly. And then it's put on my MP3 player. It's copied to the MP3 library. I keep calling it an MP3 player. It's a flag player. Uh, it goes into the MP3 library. It all gets copied again to the Plex server. And, um, and then I can listen to it <laughs> finally. So, uh, is, you know, it's a, it's a burden to get multiple CDs at once. <laughs> so I, this, this also, you know, my CD buying has slowed down. Right. Which lately yeah, so too, which, for me too. Yeah. Which does enable this, uh, ecosystem I've created. <laughs> oh, and then I forgot the most important part. The CD goes on the shelf generally where it should be in the alphabet. Uh, nice. is not perfectly alphabetized <laughs> that and that there there's a failure there's a weakness right there right <laughs> i well you could call it a weakness but you you know how like uh at the grocery store you know i'm in new york i should say wegmans <laughs> you know how wegmans they'll just move everything around for no reason yeah that is designed to get you to walk by more products and maybe if I knew exactly where everything was, I wouldn't be looking past all the CDs. Oh, fair enough. Yeah, it's like, ooh, I should listen to Blazingstone. I'm looking <laughs> for Burning Shadows. <laughs> oh. oh, okay, that's pretty clever. Oh, I, I should like listen that. to Incantation. I'm looking for Eisenmore, though. <laughs> yeah, uh, and I do have uh, some vinyl, but like, I, since my CD stuff is so ridiculous, <laughs> you know, the, the, um, I'm extremely selective about vinyl. So, uh, yeah, I, I my vinyl just, fits on one shelf. I buy vinyl just to like have it, you <laughs> it's know, nice it's, to have it's, the huge artwork. <laughs> yeah. I got, uh, the strong, bad sings vinyl. What do you yeah, have oh, a record oh. player? Or no, no, I, well, sort of. Oh, Wait. I think you should bring it over, and I think oh, we should it. listen to it. Give me like one second. Fill some dead air. Fill some dead air. <laughs> so, uh, how insane is my method? A scale of zero to ten. Is this? Uh, is it ridiculous? Is it insane? You know, leave a comment wherever, wherever this is posted. The it works for me. And I don't know if that helps or not. <laughs> oh, watching you put on those headphones is just so... Yeah, broken wrist is not... Yeah, you're still broken. Strong bad sings. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you, I, it's, it's a bonus for the, for the video viewers. But yeah, I haven't even taken it out of the shrink wrap. I just saw that it was there. I, I take back my offer to listen to it. You need to keep it in the shrink wrap. <laughs> I mean, I bought the CD like when it came out. Um, you know what I mean? So, so, so I bought, but this was released fairly recently. So I was like, "Yeah, I'm doing that." <laughs> All right, so, so I can go a little bit into my process. It's not as detail oriented as yours. It's probably a lot, uh, a lot more um, pragmatic and less. Uh, uh, <laughs> Let's just say less insane. Depends on your definitions. Ooh. Okay. So as a general, I have a thesis statement. <laughs> which, which I had, I, if you watch the IAM episode, I mentioned, I think, having a thesis statement <laughs> about how the IAM should work. So I have a thesis statement about the internet and how I think it should work. Okay. Uh, so, so, so in general, I'm a software engineer and I have a lot of opinions on shit 
and, and it's one of the reasons that I hate Apple as a company is that their general philosophy is like, let us tell you how you want to use your machine based on all of our usability studies and shit. And it's, I, I don't, I don't fucking care about any of this. It's all <laughs> bullshit, right? Like, I don't, I don't care how you want me to use your shit. I, I don't want to use. I it remember. Doug once complained about Microsoft Word because it's trying to make you write like a Californian. And <laughs> that's funny, but it's also true. <laughs> that's, that's amazing. I, yeah. I don't even know what that means, but it's hilarious to me. Uh, open up Word and start typing. That's what it means. Is it, if you're like, hello, it's like, did you mean Shia, bro? <laughs> did you <laughs> Did you mean hanged? Is it is that enough of a Californian stereotype or? Well, bro. <laughs> now is it's it's uh, that Calibri font. Oh yeah, it's, it's headings, it's spacings. Since uh, since word is so ubiquitous, that is how you do it. Yeah, fair enough. All anyway. right. Yeah. So so my my thesis statement is that I'm just I'm growing increasingly skeptical of hosted shit like like stuff that i don't control right mm -hmm. this goes for social media like like facebook is a garbage can twitter's garbage can that's on fire reddit is a garbage can that smells differently than the facebook garbage can i guess but but you know it, it's, like, it's like all this shit is is like the death of humanity uh well yeah <laughs> I totally agree. You, you, you know, if you don't have control over it. Um, yeah. You know, and I understand. I, 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 I'm, I'm, I probably don't go as far as you do because like Plex, for example, as you pointed out, is not entirely. Uh, yeah. Standalone on your machine there. It, it does. No, but it's, it's nice though. It's, it's a nice piece yeah, of software. You, you know, like Netflix loses the office. I don't need Peacock Plus or whatever it is. Right. You know why? Because I own the DVDs and I rip them and they are in my Plex and I have them and I could I can put my hand on the well, not right now I'm on location, but I can <laughs> if I were at home, I could put my hands on the office. <laughs> right. And I, and that totally, yeah. So you know, there's there's Something terrifying. I, I, I relied on Google Music for the longest time. And then they got rid of it in favor of YouTube Music. Right. I, I, I had my library uploaded to Google Music, too. Uh, but it, this was before Plex and all that. That's how I stream stuff before. Yep. Yeah, same. But it's like I have no interest in using YouTube Music in the way that they intend for me to use it, right? Like so, this is another thing where it's like, oh, we we think you should do it this way. And it's like I don't really fucking care. <laughs> like I I do things the way I want to do them, and that's that's how I'm going to do it. Um, so, so after growing increasingly, oh, and I, I should also mention I have no issue with paying for software that's valuable. So like I've, I I I have seriously considered and still sometimes consider using or buying a lifetime membership to Plex because it's just so such a nice piece of software. Yeah, watch watch for sales. But uh at some at oh, some point I should add Music B is free. Yes. Yeah, so so is Music Brains Picard, which is what I use. Uh so, so I at, at some point I was like I had a I had some backup software. It was like I don't know, it was like Backblaze or something like that. Um, which which was nice, uh, but I started growing increasingly concerned over like, okay, I can only, I, I have to use this in the way that they want me to use it. It's like I have to make sure that I have my files in a certain place or a certain way. And so I said, fuck it. So I built a home NAS, like a network attached storage system. And it's, but that's a little bit underselling what it is. I I bought a uh, Unraid. An Unraid is a NAS operating system that's basically built off of Linux. So I'm going to go full full nerd. Uh, but it all sound you here is everyone turning off the podcast. Yeah, basically. I actually, if they made it past what I said, I think you're you're, you're pretty good. Yeah, I'm probably a, <laughs> you're you're in the clear. 
but I got Unraid because I had been looking at Synology NASes, which can do a similar thing. Uh, but then I realized I had like the spare machine downstairs that was powerful than any Synology NAS. And I was like, why don't I just put some hard drives in it? Because it's going to cost the same amount of money either way at this point. Um, but the other thing that it can do that's nifty is it can use, you can have uh, persistent Docker containers running. Right? Oh, this this is this is like an onion of nerdiness. Yes. <laughs> this is amazing. Keep going. Uh, so my my initial want here was like I want something that's like Dropbox, because I like Dropbox as a service that doesn't have a storage limit or at least has a storage limit that I can defeat without having to pay a subscription. That's right. Yeah, um, I've been trying to get off Dropbox too. And they took Google Photos away. I'd like a solution to that. Oh. Well, they, I, I, they didn't well, take it away. They took they they stopped doing unlimited storage. I I somehow lucked it. I ha, I have an original Pixel phone. No, I bought the I inadvertently bought the thing that came with lifetime unlimited Google Photo storage. <laughs> so I have unlimited Google Photo storage. Can I send you some photos? <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. So, so initially I was like, okay, I just want like next cloud. I want a way to host. I think it was for band files. I want a way to like back up and host band files. Um, because I, I, I got a little concerned over the fact that I've got for the IAM rig, I've got all these backing tracks just like sitting on my hard drive. It's like, that's terrifying to me. I need them someplace. Yeah. And, uh, these backing tracks, I believe are all wave files. Yes, they are. They're and not they, flat. They might they might be like 16 channel wave files. So basically one file is the same as having eight songs. Yeah. And they're not compressed. This is yeah. this is this is a nice tie back to earlier. They this yeah. is this is the largest audio format you can have. <laughs> so Right. It, so yeah, there's huge files sitting somewhere. Yeah, it's, it works with the backing track player in our rig, and I, like I need, I need to be able to put these somewhere. They're too big for like Google Drive. They're too big for uh, Dropbox. So I set up my own net, uh, Next Cloud, which is like an open source way of having your own self-hosted Dropbox, and that's what I did. I put all the backing tracks there. Now they're kind of sitting in one central place. Anybody can access them. Not that anybody other than myself does. But if Tim said, "Hey," which he did the other, you did the other day, right? You were like, "Do you have this?" And I was like, "Yeah, I, I, I went yeah. looking for him." <laughs> yeah, um, but but you know now I can share them, and they're in a place that's you know it's not quite totally backed up because you know the server could die. So to tie onto that, I became a little bit concerned about that because I do value hosted services to a degree. Having something like Backblaze was nice because it's just here's a backup of your whole machine, um, and we're gonna host it and protect it. But Backblaze won't work on NASA's very explicitly. So, uh, Crash Plan does. Um, so I put another Docker container that runs Crash Plan that literally just backs up the Unraid box. So it backs up Nextcloud and it backs up all my other hosted shit. It? Didn't Crash Plan? Uh, don't you have to have a business account now? Yeah, but I figure we have some notion of a business with oh, Eisenmore. We do, yeah, yeah. So I was like, well, this is really to support like the endeavors of Eisenmore and other stuff that we do. Considering the taxes we paid, we yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so you know, I I now have a Crash Plan. It, it, it's it was for one machine. It's still ten dollars a month, but they have no issue with you putting it on a NAS. So now I can back up to my Unraid machine, and it just automatically, you know, does everything. So now I've got two containers running on this thing. And I started thinking, like, what the hell else can I do <laughs> with this? So my music collection has always been kind of floating. Like I would transfer it from machine to machine as I'd upgrade computers, but it would still just be like this dump of stuff that I would have, you know, this MP3 or Og Vorbis or Flack. It's just like a random mishmash of shit. So I'm like, okay, well, let's put... Og Vorbis, lossy format. Which I've never messed with. Yeah, it's it's yeah. fine. It's uh, You'll see it when they don't want to pay the license for MP3. 
There you go. Yes. Yeah. So look, rock band and all that, all the, all the music in rock band and guitar hero was compressed with Aug. And Aug is fine. There's nothing wrong with Aug. Right. It it just has the same inherent problems that MP3 does. And again, you know, if, if you're listening to an Aug on through a TV speaker, it doesn't matter. You're not going to hear the difference. But if you have a really nice hi-fi, then maybe... You probably won't know that, this. That, yeah, that, <laughs> it's unlikely you'll hear the difference unless you've been trained to, which again, I don't recommend. <laughs> All right. So I'm trying... It's, so, so now I realize basically what I have is just like this little hosting box. It's like, what else can I put on here? So I put my music collection in there. Like, well, how can I add, how can I enable access to my music collection? So, you know, I start thinking about Plex because I can host Plex on this thing. But like, what else, what else is out there? So I found a few other things. There's Subsonic, which is fairly typical. What is uh, Subsonic? A, so Subsonic is basically a a way of hosting your music collection. You can str- you, you know you hit a you hit a site on the web, and you can access a subsonic instance through a web interface but then listen to it and there's subsonic clients that you can access through things like music b nice. um but then you know i started i didn't subsonic's ui is pretty sloppy because it's just very it's very functional and it's good it's just it doesn't look pretty so i started looking to a few others and i ended up uh with jellyfin which is basically a plex competitor so, uh, and it started off. Jellyfin forked off from some other software that is actually like a direct Plex, like subscription-based competitor. Uh, but Jellyfin's a self-hosted fork of it. So, what I have now with this NAS box, uh, I have a drive map to my local machine. I use Music Brains Picard that will tag off of Music Brains rename the files and then move them automatically to a network drive. This network drive gets picked up by Jellyfin, which will then automatically refresh with the most recent, uh, most recent, um, you know, whatever I just added. In fact, while we, during this podcast, I I added something just because I remembered I had never. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. That is similar to how, Plex works. You, you just right. you just copy the files over to where it's looking for the files, and then it adds it. Comes up right. on your on your little interface. So so let me let me go a few steps further and get a little bit divorced from music because j- just to show kind of what I'm what I'm thinking. So at some point I'm like, so I have the music server, and it's like, well, how do I? give access only to people that I want to have it. Cause I don't want to just stream music. So I set up an LDAP server, which is a single sign on method, uh, which basically allows you to kind of have one uniform login for everything. Uh, and I have myself, I have Tim, I, I, my wife, and then one or two other people like some friends from the internet. So those specific people have access to uh, my music through LDAP, but then I was like, well, I have LDAP. What else can I, what other services no. can I add? So I have a chat server host. I have a matrix chat server that you can also sign in via LDAP. If you're in the correct group in LDAP. Uh, but I, I decided that I liked matrix and I wanted to stop using cause, cause you know, I still use instant messengers. I still use Google chat and other shit. So I was like, well, me too. Yeah. So, so it's like, how can I just marry all this shit together? Because I, I actually don't care about who who's messaging me from where. Uh, and I had been using Pigeon, which is basically a multi-protocol chat client, but that's kind of... So so basically, in for Matrix, I have integrated in a bunch of bots that bridge the various chat protocols that I use. So then from there, I was like, well... <laughs> You know, there's a few things I'd like to start working on some source code of my own projects. And automating it is a little difficult. You know, it's like there's automation services online, but they're kind of slowly becoming more pay oriented. Some of them are free. So you can have like Travis CI or Circle CI, which are free, but if you do it to it. So I set up my own Git server on my machine. 
Oh, and then I was, and then I was like, well, but this this the Git's fine, but I I still don't have any CI automation. So I found out a way to host. I have my own continuous integration server, which can trigger off of Git commits. So I could basically do things like use Git as an authoritative source for something, and then have the CI go and like, or I'll say CI CD. And this is getting completely off of metal. This is no longer metal. This is now software engineering. Uh, <laughs> but then I could have the CI CD trigger some other shit. But I could potentially use this to automate processes that I would really rather not be involved with. And one of the processes that I would like to automate is I've got an MP3 player in my car and I've got a USB stick plugged into it. And I'd like to not, and this is not something that I've solved yet, but I'd like to not have to bring it inside and put the new music on it and then sync it. So I read that there's at least one or more projects where somebody actually got a Raspberry Pi zero and put it and plugged their MP3 player into it. uh, And then basically tricked, well, they plug they plugged the thumb their their like USB drive into the Raspberry Pi into their music player, so they right. basically were able to, they were able to flub uh, the USB drive through to the MP3 player, so it still recognizes this as an MP3 player. But, but there's you can now change the, the files remotely. Yes. So, so the idea is, I drive into my house. This thing connects to my Wi-Fi and then automatically picks up new shit. I just am not. I'm not quite there yet. I don't have a a good picture in my head for exactly how that's going to work. I love the um, idea. Yeah, the idea is fantastic. I, I, it's the the part I'm not sure about is like how to flub between the Raspberry Pi and the thumb drive. That being said, yeah, my my whole process is basically centered around having to do as little as humanly possible to get what I want. Um, well. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like you've done a whole lot <laughs> in order to support this. <laughs> right. But this is but to be fair, this is what I do for a living and I actually uh, well, okay, this sounds more aspirational than I normally. I actually like this stuff. <laughs> um so it's fun to hack on and and get it to work, but it's it's like my my ideal state is that i do like nothing and everything that i want to happen happens so that's what i'm trying to do it's like i you know i don't mind a few manual processes here and there i just don't want to have to really do anything once i've kicked it off so that's my goal (laughs) nice yeah so i the big advantage to both of our processes is that you, you know the music doesn't go away or whatever right. <laughs> doesn't go yeah. away, and I, I feel like that's the that. In addition to when you buy something, you are supporting the artists, you know. And, yes, and time and time again, unless you're a major label, you're not making money off Spotify, especially not um, livable money. Right. So, so it's, yeah, uh, it sounds like I have a very insane process uh dedicated to music but it sounds like your music process is but a square on a tapestry of (laughs) insane processes that's what it sounds like to me (laughs) however the music process is not as detailed as yours like your process gets a much finer end result my process gets a more functional end result so in that way (laughs) It's more pragmatic until you start getting into the whole, all the shit that I did to make it work. It's it's pragmatic from like a music hosting perspective. It's just not pragmatic from a how I got there perspective. Oh, I'll come over with a hard drive of uh, properly tagged flax and we can... Yeah, there, yeah we, we'll we get can, the best of both can, worlds. Yeah, put everything together. So uh, I guess... The, the question to our listeners is whose process is more insane? <laughs> so, drop us a line. Let us know. Yeah. We'll, we'll have results. Um, I don't know if we'll share those results, but yeah. 
Uh, I don't know if anybody will vote either, but you know that we can dream. <laughs> oh, oh, they'll vote. <laughs> <laughs> if they made it this far, you know they're gonna That's vote. True. I just wonder how many people's eyes glazed over when I started describing CICD. I, uh, I've, I've paid less attention during Star Trek episodes, so. <laughs> That's great. At least I'm more interesting. I, I like Star Trek. But, yeah, at least I'm more interested in the Star Trek. <laughs> Given our two processes, one of the things that's really fascinating is how much time we both spend trying to impose a strong order on the data. <laughs> And, and the reason on I think the data, I mean, the, yes, it's the data. It is. No, but, but like, like think about inbox by Google. So, so I don't even know if that's, does that project still exist? I don't, uh, I don't think so. I think, didn't they take the best parts of it and just shove it into Gmail? Yeah, I think you're right. But so, so the concept behind inbox, is it like, Everybody sucks at organizing their own shit. Nobody wants to do it. So we're just going to try to do it for you. Right. And, and more or less, everything's sort of gravitating in this way where it's just like, here's just like a pile of bullshit. Just yeah. make, I just, just make sense of it. Yeah. Um, well, that's, that's how Google photos tried to yeah. work. Yeah. And it actually does a pretty good job, but, frankly. Like, you know, I, I un, probably unsurprisingly, I liked having, Picasso and I'd bring files in and I'd make an album and send that to Google Photos. That's what I preferred. Now it's like, type in anything and I'll give you pictures that you're not looking for. It's like, thanks. Thanks, Google. (laughs) You failed. (laughs) Like like nominally, I'm the same way. Like I, I enjoy the order, but like human nature is just like 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 if you think about like what you do on a day-to-day basis, like you get home and you're not like, I have this new thing that I like doesn't matter, mail, uh a CD. It's just like most people are just like, I just want to put it somewhere. And I and I find it fascinating that there are certain things and I know this is this the case for me. There are certain things that I will not go to these depths to impose order on. <laughs> but there are certain things that I will. Uh, not many, but there's quite a bit of sh- stuff that I just like, eh, fuck it. I'll just put it here. And if I need it again, maybe I'll remember it. And then there's stuff like the music where it's like, no, 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 no. I need an authoritative source from music brains, community curated. I need to make sure that the file names are exactly aligned so that depending on which MP3 player I use, the sorting is correct. You know, did it. Oh, that that is a good point. I did gloss over the yeah. files have a naming scheme that is imposed uh-huh. on them. Yes. <laughs> yeah, but, but you know, we as a species suck at this. Everything is gravitating towards trying to do it for you, but Tim and I say no, fuck you. We're doing it. We don't want you to do. It. That's right. <laughs> we know best. Yeah. And what's more metal than imposing order on chaos? Oh. oh. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty good. That's that's pretty good right there. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening to Podcast Them Down. You can find Burning Shadows, Eisenmore, and recently vacated graves on Bandcamp, as well as Facebook, along with Fade to Black Metallica Tribute and Podcast Them Down itself. Until next time, keep it metal.